Welcome to PTBC Podcast, where we will be speaking about innovation, technology, growing your business, and maximizing your entrepreneurial potential. Let's get down to business. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the PTBC Podcast. This is Sarush, and I'm joined by Slava. Hey, everyone. So today we have a very special guest, the other co-founder from the wonderful clinic of Foundation Physiotherapy. So let's welcome Raj Sapaya. Raj graduated from McMaster, receiving a Master of Science in Physiotherapy, and went on to achieve a certification in Sport Physiotherapy. And he was the lead medical practitioner for the Toronto 2015 Pan Am Games, as well as a member of the medical team at the Toronto 2017 Invictus Games and the Team Canada Physiotherapist at the 2017 Maccabi Games in Israel. Pretty cool. In addition to sport physiotherapy and acting as a scholar and teacher in our profession, Raj has a special interest in treating the spine and is MDT certified. So other than his clinical expertise and his extensive experience, Raj actually brings something else that's very special to the table today. He's a true believer of growth and embodies a growth mindset. Now, this has had a tremendous impact on his life, his practice, and his amazing clinic. And today, we really wanted to dive deep into this topic. But if you want to learn more about Foundation Physiotherapy and all the services that they provide, check them out at www.foundationphysio.com. All right. It's time to get down to business. So Raj, thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate you coming out. I know uh, we had Maddie on as well, but we wanted to get your take on everything. So how are you doing today? Thanks guys for having me on. I'm happy to be here. Finally, I got chosen. <laughs> <laughs> our pleasure. Yeah. Thanks again. Um, so obviously, as you remember, our very first episode was with your business partner, Maddie, and we just wanted to compare the stories and make sure everything lined up. <laughs> So uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the emergence of Foundation Physio and uh, what really motivated you to open this clinic? Uh, It's a bit of a story, I guess. Uh, I was bored. Um, Even at a boutique downtown clinic, I felt like the emphasis, a lot lot of emphasis on practices when I was kind of, you know, getting through the crux of my career in the late 2000s. Uh, a lot of the emphasis was was on the clinician and rarely on the patient. It was all about take these right courses, um, grow your caseload, you know, focus on yourself, focus on all the letters you're going to get after your name. Uh, my idea was a clinic didn't have to focus too much on the clinician and had to focus on the client. I, I, you know, working with clients, I realized I don't have all these fancy letters and stuff. I didn't have them at the time, but I was still getting results. How was I getting these results? Um, I was delivering a good service. I was delivering a good experience. People wanted to come back to see me. Uh, Mm -hmm. People wanted to, you know, chat about their progress. They wanted a a friendly face to talk to. And I realized that that was really kind of the core of treating clients. Right. Right. So I realized, you know, there there was something more that I could do, something different I could do. And, and, you know, it was just kind of a, a time in my life where I'm like, there's something more I can, I can provide. And I was like, why don't I go out and make, start my own clinic with that embodies some of these practices that embodies this, its focus on the patient, right? It's focuses on the client and less so of the therapist. It doesn't, it doesn't take away from the therapist skill set, but the important thing is focusing on the client experience and the client as a whole. So, you know, I, at that time, I decided to go search out for partners, and Matt was somebody I'd worked with uh, at LifeMark, 
um, mm -hmm. big national chain. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that, but I did. <laughs> uh, it was, I had managed Matt briefly for, for a few months before I had left. And um, we weren't friends at the time. We were colleagues who would work together for a few months. But, you know, when you start talking about your vision to, to somebody else, you can just see the interest in, in, in that other person's eyes and the interest that that other person has. It's not just a, yes, I want to start a clinic. It's like, I really believe in this as well. I believe in getting patients better. I believe in delivering a good experience. I believe in creating something that's bigger than, than just a clinic. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah. we did it. We put our resources together and we opened a clinic and that's, you know, the, the thought process behind that. Um, you know, obviously there was funding and there was all that other stuff that had to happen. But I think if you have that vision in place and you have that belief of what you want to do, you'll, you'll go and you'll go and achieve it. Yeah, for sure. And, um, throughout your journey as a clinician, you know, developing and realizing that therapeutic alliance and delivering the patient experience is the, uh, key to delivering amazing patient experience and great care for patients. And throughout your journey as an entrepreneur, you've been growing throughout every step of the way. So we know you're definitely a big proponent of the growth mindset and uh, everything that comes with developing, bettering yourself every single day. Um, can you tell us your thoughts on this and uh, how the growth mindset has influenced your business? To be honest, at first, guys, I was focused on, on opening a clinic. Like I needed, you know, I wanted to, to create this clinic that, we had started and, and we worked towards it. And I think when that kind of light bulb went off, when that click went off, it's like, you know, we need to grow this business a bit better was actually personally myself was when my second child, my daughter was born. Mm -hmm. And I realized I love what I do. I love treating clients. I love, you know, speaking with patients every day. I love people coming in through my door, but I can't, I can't do this forever. Right. I can't work evenings three days a week. I can't work Saturdays and my kids are going to get older. I want to be there for them. They, they were the, the most important thing in my life that I needed to make sure that I'm, you know, succeeding this vision for, mm -hmm. you know, so I want to be able to go on vacation with them. And, and at that moment is when I realized that my clinic needed to become a company, it needed to be sustainable. Um, and that's when you kind of, you know, from my journey has been from clinic to company. Mm -hmm. and that's when I started taking, you know, sitting down on in business kind of podcasts and, and going to learning about management, learning about planning, learning about systems, speaking with, with people in different professions like accounting and law and just looking at how, how can we take this to the next step? And that's really what it was. It was that light bulb that went off when I became a father for the second time and realized I have much less time with my children if I'm going to be at the clinic all the time. Mm -hmm. And that was what, really influenced me to grow my business. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, I know that, you know, that's the initial kind of start of all this, but I've also noticed that recently at Foundation, you guys have been having a lot of these cool new in-services where you guys do um, talks, other people come in and give talks to the team members. And, um, you know, from, from what I'm seeing is that uh, this is coming from a, growth mindset mm -hmm. perspective, right? I mean, you can obviously, you know, save, save money and not do these interviews, not pay individuals to come in and give talks and to, you know, give presentations. So how do you think that these types of in-services that you've had has influenced the business? And do you think that this is a part of the growth of the company? 
hundred percent. I mean, in, in the core of it, a physiotherapy company is a company, right? Uh, and, and companies can't just be focused always on their product. They have to be focused on their team, on their people, just like any other company. There's no difference in that. So where other, other clinics might have kind of left that aside, that was something that I, like I said, when that light bulb went off that I pursued and I realized this is something that not just clinic owners should know. This is something you want to share with your team because I really believed in transparency, right? And I shouldn't be the only one learning management skills and learning communication skills and learning, you know, prioritizing skills, um, productivity skills. It should be my whole team because sure, maybe they don't go into management, but I think this will help them be a great clinician. It helps them be a great person in their personal life uh, in terms of caseload management. So there's so much value that these other professionals and other um, learning tools can bring. Uh, and that's something that we, you know, we've brought in people to talk about social media. We've brought like last week, we brought in somebody to talk about how to effectively communicate this week. We brought in the same team to talk about productivity and how to better prioritize and improve your productivity as a clinician or as a manager. Right. And uh, Raj, in terms of um, commitment to growing and the kind of skills that you want to develop in your team as well, mm-hmm. uh, what are the skills that you really want to prioritize in order for your team to grow and to grow in your personal setting as well? Um, some of the skills that I look for are, are always, it, it, it's always communication is number one, right? When I, when I meet individuals or meet future employees of, of my company, I look at, can I easily communicate with this person? Has this person I can communicate with somebody else easily? Mm-hmm. Um, the second skill I look for is teamwork. Right? I'm not looking for a strong clinician or a strong administrator who can only do what they can with their patient. I'm looking for someone that can work well in a team. Okay? They might not be the greatest clinician, but they really amazingly can drive a team together and can bring a team together. Uh, leadership skills. Not everybody's going to be a leader, but you look for people that show the potential for leadership skills. Mm-hmm. So these are the skills that we look for or we look for that little kind of you know, flame in them that we think we can bring out during their time with us at foundation and you know so those might be something different that other clinics don't look for um and that's kind of what i use to you know help drive innovation drive commitment drive leadership within our organization Mm -hmm. so you know those are really good points that you actually mentioned because that was also another question that we wanted to ask you how you drive that commitment and determination definitely um you know finding these individuals that are team players is very important component especially you know we've realized here at you know working with each other for the pt business corner working with others in the clinic working with classmates etc a team really does make or break the end product and you know at the end of the day a lot of these big companies are a result you know they they come from these teams right like Mm -hmm. apple is apple because of its team right and yeah so and you know you've done a really great job of kind of trying to instill this growth mindset and just with the people around you and, uh, and with your clinic in general. So I just wanted to ask you what some strategies that you've actually implemented to actually create this culture of growth at the clinic and has this impacted your business? Strategies that I've used myself or strategies that I've, you know, taught or helped or, you know, got taught, taught other staff members uh both uh strategies i use myself over the years to continue my development was number one was always uh 
I had it in one of my, in one of my social media posts was connect, 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 connect. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to learn about people. Um, it, it, however you can learn about people, talk to people, understand people, learn about people from different backgrounds, learn about people from different jobs, from different industries. Every time I, you know, met somebody, whatever new product they had, I would ask them about it and talk about how they grew their business. It could be completely unrelated to mine, but I learned, I wanted to learn about how they did it. If I ever got a sales call, I might not have actually committed to the sales product, but I wanted to talk to these guys and understand what are you selling? How are you selling it? So I could use some of their strategies as well. Mm. Um, Just meeting people around, going to networking seminars besides, you know, physical therapy seminars, right? I went, to business seminars, business networking meetings, entrepreneur meetings, um, just a variety of management courses, just a variety of, of resources that you have at your fingertips that some of us haven't really gotten a hold of because a lot of it has been so focused on clinical that you just start thinking outside the box. And I think that's something also that you want to make sure you find in your clinicians. If you find somebody who can think outside the box and these things aren't hard to implement. And that was a big thing in who you hire is, you know, I wasn't always looking for the strongest clinician, always. I was looking for somebody who had an open mind mm-hmm. and, and, could, and was able to incorporate a variety of different tools and tasks to help them be a better clinician in the end. Exactly. And um, we posted a quote recently. It was uh, about hiring character and training skill. And uh, that's exactly what you're talking about right now, hiring people who are able to communicate, who are able to provide extra value to the patients and extra value to the team, and therefore incorporate this uh, amazing culture in the clinic as well. Um, We recently, with Sarush, watched this video, uh, the interview with Jeff Bezos, and uh, how he's created a culture in his uh, his team with uh, customer obsession. Like literally everything that they did uh, delivery of the products, the quality of the products, the customer service always resolve, revolving around the, um, the customer. And in this case, you also mentioned that you want to create that kind of culture uh, mm. with the patients. So you kind of grow with them. How um, are you trying with your uh, clinicians to really put the patient experience first? That's, you know, when we're interviewing staff, I use that as a way to sell or interviewing potential staff. Typically at the end of the interview, I'll ask, do you have any questions? They have any questions? And I kind of used a little bit of the time during the interview to push or promote my vision or our vision to these guys so that they understand, oh, that's what this clinic's about. And if they don't align with it, they're less likely to join, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and And throughout the interview process throughout the hiring process. We have a, a vision kind of document that we send out as part of the hiring as the onboarding. I sit through with them and I, that's part of my initial training with them is this is our Bible, right? And we have points that were made. And this is all stuff that was created by previous staff members. We had a big uh, brainstorming session a few years ago and kind of put down, what do your clients experience? What do your clients want? What do you guys want out of being here? Mm-hmm. We created a vision statement, a mission statement and big document that I sent to all of my new onboards and that's their buy. I mean, this is what you're going to use to grow your practice from now on. Mm-hmm. And they get that day one or within the first week they're there. And, and we work on that. We draw always back to the client experience, right? We always say we want to deliver an enhanced specialized. We want to offer specialized skill set 
through an enhanced client experience. That's part of our model. And we want to make sure that our clinicians and everybody who joins our team, not just our clinicians, our administrators, also buy into that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's definitely very important because the culture is huge in every clinic and every company and it's definitely something that guides all the individuals, especially in, in the rough times to just kind of keep in mind or keep focus on the real reasons why mm-hmm. someone is doing something, right? And that's kind of what you guys have been doing with providing the document of the entire vision, which is uh, something pretty pretty amazing. Um, in terms of clinics and, you know, where you've worked in your in your career and you've been in other clinics, how do you think other clinics kind of embody this growth mindset? And do you think it's lacking uh, within the profession right now? I'm, I'm actually, that's a, that's a good question. I think, I think right now it's not lacking right now. It's emerging. Nice. Um, however, when I was going, I've, I've been in practice for 12 years, right? Mm-hmm. When I was going through it and some of us were kind of in that core of our practice years, you know, years like five to 10, it wasn't there. It was a very solo clinic type environment, right? You, you might've worked for a, big corporation where you were just kind of another number push pushing it through motor vehicle type clients you know that's where you wanted to make a lot of money and that's that's where you go if you really cared about client care you'd go to an individual clinic owned by a solo you know a solo physiotherapist or a chiropractor but that was kind of it right and then if you're looking at it from the solo the solo practice kind of side what did that clinician do at the end mm-hmm. we haven't seen most of these clinics most of these practices are still around but what's the end game for some of these clinics? And that's why I started thinking, I'm like, mm-hmm. what are these guys going to do in 50 years? Right. Yeah. If they're the ones majorly practicing and if they haven't really created any, if they haven't driven a growth culture, then this clinic's done after 50, after the next 20 years. Yeah. Or it's going to sell for really cheap to another big corp. And it's just going to be another set of doors for another major corporation. Right. So part of it is, is, you know, your vision has to stick long, stick around longer than you have, than you are. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. And sometimes your vision has to be bigger than you and you have to have other people on your team that are going to help grow it because they can, they might be have a better job than you do. There's a lot that I can't do because I'm, I'm an old guy, right? <laughs> but, uh, there's a lot of young therapists out there that are doing some great stuff like you guys on social media and, and on the web. And, you know, I want people like that on my team because they can help, you know, promote that vision and promote our, our culture to the next generation. So maybe I've always had these grandiose visions. Um, you know, I, I've had, you know, every, you know, my current wife right now, she sometimes can't stand me because she thinks I'm a little too egotistical, right? That I'm always talking like 10 years from now as opposed to talking like what's in front of me. But that's just, that's just been me. I've always just thought about what's there. What's the next big thing. I was always my interest. And uh, see when my business, when I started business, it's going to work in that way as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's very important to have that mindset, right? And that's that's literally the growth mindset because you're looking towards something and you're looking to better yourself and keep moving forward rather than just kind of saying, "All right, well, that's it. We've hit the peak. <laughs> Let's end it here," right? And and I think a lot of a lot of you know a lot of clinics, if they're when they're busy, that's what they think they've accomplished. They're busy and they've accomplished. And that's great. If that's where 
the clinic owner and the clinician wants to top out, then I'm not going to tell them to change otherwise, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but some of us want a little bit more. You know, if we know that our brand or our company can do more, um, it's not going to, it's going to outlive me. And, mm-hmm. and that's what I say, right? I want, I want my company and, and this company that we started to go, to continue even when I'm not around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, the way you've set up your practice uh, with this growth mindset in, uh, in mind, it's very appealing to the new grads as well, because since it's emerging right now, uh, the popular topic of the growth mindset, people are all fired up, new grads are fired up. But uh, if we look at our curriculum, because I know you're involved in some of the U of T uh, labs as well and helping with the um, uh, MSK components, uh, do you think that topics of self-development and growth should be incorporated into the curriculum in schools? Oh, 100%. Um, uh, like, like 100%, no, no doubt. I think definitely there should be, for sure, self-development, you know, the ability for, for us to reflect on our practice, for us to help grow ourselves. Even some of the seminars that I've had the past two weeks in terms of effective communication and productivity, those are very, very important skills that most, you know, master's level business programs would teach. And I think is definitely something that we should be incorporating into our master's level programs, whether the clinician works in the public sector or the private sector, they're working in teams, they're working towards bettering themselves and their clients. And these kind of skills can be used in any setting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think that, you know, it's tough. It's definitely tough to fit more and more things into the curriculum because right now it is already fairly intense and, high pace, but this is definitely something that I think a lot of new grads would benefit from at least, right? To just kind of keep the future in mind, keep, you know, the goals in mind and help them grow a little bit. That's something that we've kind of like to do at, at PT Business Corner. Some of the boys, um, you know, the books, the podcast, the other audio, uh, we listen to everything, right? Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like some people might, some people might doze off during these seminars. Some people might, you know, not show up, but you know, that was like me and like cardio rush, you know, (laughs) you know, know, I didn't pay attention, right? I can't whatever auscultate or percolate or vibrate or whatever. Right. But it's like, you know, there's gotta be a little bit for everybody and we've got to, you know, what our curriculum needs to focus on is, is introducing little bits to, we don't need to have full courses on it. We we can introduce things these topics to future grads Mm -hmm. so that we can spark interest that's really what it's about it's about sparking interest and then they can pursue it right i'm not saying teach a full-out course on it or have a you know exams on it but at least spark their interest just like we do with sport week or or whatnot right we just need to let them know that this is some this this is an important component of your professional life yeah we gotta have a self-development week (laughs) <laughs> no offense to the no offense to the cardio i think they're i think they're some of the smartest physios around the cardio spts mm-hmm. uh, so no no offense it's just i i it was not my thing and then I, I dozed off for a few lectures there <laughs> <laughs> totally understandable um so how do you keep the new grads at your clinic motivated to grow uh number one we have uh key performance indicators right so it's not just get your case a little busy and and you know take your percentage per person and, and be successful. That's not what it's about. It's about that. That's the number one way of growing is to give them objective tools to grow. Right. Right. So we track KPIs at our clinics, such as patient visit average, such as number of new assessments a month, 
such as number of cancellations a month. You know, we, if, if the physiotherapist is getting busier and, and they're a few years in, we might change the KPS to be like, how many friends and family referrals have you had? Uh, how many marketing events have you done? How many referral sources have you seeked out for the clinic to help the clinic grow? Right. Um, we, we look at things like that as clinic, as some of our more even senior physios, how many in-services have you done for the team? Right. Cause we're trying to promote leadership in them. Right. We know they can manage a case. So we know they're hitting their other KPIs. So you have to constantly change the KPIs because as they hit one, they have to have other things to work towards. And then they have to see success in that. They have to realize what is the rewards for hitting these KPIs. So you have to compensate them either financially, either, you know, we have a team huddle every week and it's giving them like a badge. Like this week I'd like to promote, you know, so-and-so for a badge. They got, he was able to grab us a new referral source. You know, we, we make them, people like to be known for their accomplishments, right? So we do that. Um, we just recently turned one of our senior physiotherapists to a clinic manager. So she's managing our current clinic right now. Uh, obviously, as other physiotherapists and other clinicians see that, they realize there's more for me here than just being a clinician. I have more opportunity to grow in other realms of professional life. So that's one way you know, to keep your clinicians kind of giving them that carrot, dangling that carrot to keep them working, right? Um, motivated to grow. And, and, and obviously, you know, it's for their benefit as well as for the clinics. Uh, so definitely uh, you give them the small wins, the small successes that um, you allow them to build up to a bigger success, which might be a nice promotion or um, going from a physiotherapist to a clinic manager as well. But um we like to challenge our guests a little bit on the podcast. So yeah. uh, we wanted to know what has been your biggest barrier to growth or what have you found that um, kind of been a barrier for you for the growth of foundation physiotherapy as well? Uh, do you want to honestly know what has been my biggest barrier to growth? hundred yeah. percent honesty. <laughs> the fact that I'm a physiotherapist. Oh yeah. Can you explain? Um, how? Uh, I feel like, I mean, and, and here I'm going to take myself out of that, that box I feel like if I was in any other profession or in any other type of work, I could do so much more because I didn't have a lot of regulations and a lot of rules overseeing and guiding me. Mm -hmm. I can take a lot more risk in certain ways. There's a lot more things I can do in terms of advertising, in terms of, you know, working directly with my clients, you know, or, or my customers. Right. Um, I don't get me wrong. I love being a physiotherapist, but obviously, some of those business skills are restricted because we have, we're very regulated, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's a lot of quote unquote deals and, and a lot of undertakings that you cannot do or that gets scrutinized by either your colleagues or your college or, you know, just the industry around you. Right. So mm -hmm. it, I'm going to say there's been a, some that's been, there's been probably a lot more risks I could have taken if I wasn't, particularly in this, in, in the field, in, in my actual job. However, it has helped me, it has helped me ground, it's helped me be creative around it, right? Um, I've had emails from the college saying, you can't do this kind of advertising, right? It was one of our biggest referral sources. So we have to be creative around that, how to, how to, you know, someone gives me a problem, I zig around the other way, right? So it's right. just, you know, like you say, you can turn your biggest barriers and your biggest strengths, right? Um, 
So I feel like that has been one big, one barrier to growth for myself as an owner of a company. And what has hindered my growth for foundation? I, I, essentially, a lot of it is also my time, right, guys? Like, I can only do so much. Um, like, you think, like I said, I'm thinking this big vision. There's so much more to go. But how much more can I do today? Where do I stop? What do I feel? How does today end? <laughs> right? Right. What point do I go to bed? I, sometimes I can't. I don't, know, I don't know how to restrict myself. Is there more I could have done that could have helped the company tomorrow? But I also need to rest. I also need to spend time with my family. So part of that is my, you know, what has hindered some of that growth to the company is also my ability to do more. Right. You definitely touched on some, <clears throat> sorry, uh, you definitely touched on some really important points there. And, um, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of creativity that really does have to come out when there is a lot of regulations on it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously the college does a great job protecting the, the public and providing a lot of resources, but sometimes it is tough to quote unquote dance around some of the regulations that are, um, you know, not like you said, some of the advertising uh, regulations that are coming into play, but then, you know, that that's when you have to really get, extremely creative right make sure that one it's it's within the within the regulations that are set but also um, helping your clinic and I mean I think you guys have been doing a great job with this and really uh, using your resources as best as possible and the family thing is definitely something that we've also heard a few times now it's it's obviously you know no doubt something that's important and we need to consider and the growth of any company you know, it will be limited by how much time an individual will have to put into it, right? Even, you know, even us or whoever it is, right? If you have kids, if you have a family, like it's going to be tough for you to balance everything. And you can't spend 24 hours a day yeah. on something when you have kids, when you have a wife. Not that I have kids right now, no. but I can just imagine, right? But it takes time, right? It takes time. Like, like I'm, I'm going to ask you, Suresh, how old are you? 24. Can you be 30 next year? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm looking almost 30. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't, right? It takes time. It takes time to grow, right? Yeah. My son wants to be six foot tall and play basketball. He cannot be there tomorrow, right? Yeah. He needs to grow. He needs to learn. And yeah. that's, it just takes time. And that's the reality of it. We cannot just push things. We cannot go so far. We cannot, how much of our money comes your way? You can't just be like, oh, okay, I'm going to do the next thing. I'm going to move into this. You just have to put in the time put in the work and you will grow. And that's what, that's what happens. So you can have that mindset, you can have that goal, but time takes its course, mm-hmm. right? You cannot be 30 tomorrow. You cannot be 30 next year. It'll take time. It'll take time to grow six feet. It'll take time to grow your company. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the reality of it. And uh, we have to understand that we have to be patient and we have to be dedicated and, and we have to look long-term. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And you know, have you have you ever thought of doing any of like seminars or any talks yourself on this growth mindset? Uh no. I mean, I've no. I mean, right now, like, I have so much going on, and this has been something that's in the back of my head whether I should, you know, pursue another line, you know, in, in terms of motivating others or coaching or, or seminars and things like that. I'd love to, but you know, as of right now, my focus, like I said, you can only take on so much. And my focus is foundation and my, and my family. And when certain things, when I have some systems in place that can help me take a little bit of a backseat from foundation, mm-hmm. I can focus on, you know, trying to help the next generation 
or help future entrepreneurs motivate coach, you know, provide some life skills and provide some real skills in, in that aspect. It's definitely a goal of mine. Uh, I don't have to do it tomorrow. I can, you know, time will come. Mm -hmm. And you've provided some mentorship, uh, even to us and uh, to the, a lot of the new grads that have come out of U of T and other universities as well. Um, and you mentioned that you want to provide a little bit more value to the new grads and help them grow. So we were wondering if there are any resources that you recommend uh, for new grads specifically and also clinicians um, in order for them to grow and fast track this process a little bit. I, I think there's, there's, you always have to look at yourself as, as there's, there's three sides to you. There's your, you know, your clinician side, which you would have to grow. Obviously, you know, you gotta, you gotta get your hours treating, you gotta get your hours in with your clients. You have to get those hours within the clinic environment you're in. You have to get those courses, you know, you, you, you have, we still have to do those things. We're still clinicians at, at heart. Then the second side is our professional side. And if we're going to look at private practice, if we're going to be looking at enterprise in the future, then you have to step outside of that clinician box and look at business networking groups, seminars. Um, there's always, being in a big city like Toronto or in any you know, big city, there will always be networking seminars, seminars for young entrepreneurs, seminars for young professionals, right? That's the second side. And then the third side we have to look at is our personal life. Right. And how do you grow in your personal life is you get good relationships, build good relationships with the people you love, with your family and, and grow within those relationships as well. Don't make those relationships static. Always test new barriers, go on new vacations, try different things. You have to grow in all different aspects of your life to actually move forward. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, I always say exist outside of the physiotherapy model, right? Exist outside of it. Don't you are a physiotherapist, but you're more than that. Mm -hmm. right and a lot of patients sometimes a lot of times they don't come to see me because i'm raj sapaya masters of science and physiotherapy with a certified in mckenzie therapist and a certified sport physiotherapist that might be what they used to book that appointment but what keeps them coming back is because i'm just raj mm -hmm. it's because it's just me they just want they want they want to see me and i'm not going to give more than that and that, that's that's the credit I'll, I'll, I'll give it's it's the connection i've made with my clients and i think the more you grow yourself as an individual and as a person, personally, then you're really going to get that clinical side fixed as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, being immersed in this world of physiotherapy and clinically treating and being involved a little bit in the business side, it does tend to consume you and you definitely need to allocate time for your family and to grow as a person as well. Um, 100%. You need to make time, time for all three. You need to, you know, sometimes put on that physiotherapist hat, sometimes put on that professional networker hat, and sometimes just put on that father or that son or that brother or that sister or that mother or that wife hat. It's okay to be, it's okay to do that at certain times. Yeah, definitely. And Raj, you know, we, we are loving to look for books uh, to read and to learn more about this growth mindset and just about business as we've uh, mentioned with other guests on the podcasts. Uh, we wanted to see if uh, you could recommend a book to us that essentially touches on this concept of growth and uh, a book that's also impacted your business in a positive way. So actually, I mean, it, it, a lot of it was timing, but the one book that I read that kind of set me on that right path 
was Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Um, a lot of people have read it or people have touched upon it, but he really comes down to what, what makes people buy businesses and buy, become customers of, of other businesses. It's the company's why. It's not what the company sells. It's not how the company does it. It's why the company does it, right? Why would I go to foundation over another clinic? Because I believe in how they practice. I believe I want to be part of their growth. Why, why do I choose Apple? Why do I buy off Amazon, right? I buy into a vision and, and Simon extrapolates on that a lot. He uses leaders, you know, political leaders, business leaders, social leaders. A lot of them have a vision and their ability to communicate their vision to get people, whether they're followers, whether they're people who brought on social change or whether they're clients to buy into that vision. And that was, when I read that, I was able to apply that. And I use a lot of that, that concepts in our vision document. I always ask my, my new staff, what is your why? Why do you do this? Why are you here? Why, are you, why do you exist today? Right? Um, so start with why has been something that really, really I follow. It's been a bit of a, a Bible of mine, and sometimes I talk too much about it. Um, but it's, it's a great book, and it's by my bedside. And I always I bookmark pages, and I always read pages, and I highlight a few things that I read out every day. And I just kind of believe in, and, and, and follow that religious right and uh your recommendation comes at a good time because we recently uh watched the start with a white talk by simon sinek uh at yeah. x talk for 18 minutes about there where he really breaks down how apple was able to connect with the y and that's why they're able to sell so many products because people don't connect with uh with the computers or what they sell they connect with why they sell and the vision and, and, and his tedx talk was was kind of like the starting of, of that book, but a lot of it he talks about even visionaries, not, not in the terms of sales, but even people like Martin Luther King and people like Nelson Mandela and people like Gandhi, some people that I've, I've actually admired, you know, growing up and hearing about, um, like, you know, there's always been a lot of people that wanted social change, but some of these individuals have actually impacted it. How did they do it? It's because they were able to clearly communicate their vision and their need for change and have people believe them and buy into them. Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, it, a lot of good has come from the start with wine model besides business. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely, it's definitely something that I, I love to practice and I keep practicing and I try to be better at it. Yeah. And, and, you know, like you both have mentioned, it's honestly that the moment that, you know, when I learned about the golden circle that, Simon was talking about my perspective on everything kind of changed because we're always looking at what people are providing and we're not getting close to the why, but the why is communicated to us, to, uh, to us so discreetly. Sometimes it just feels right. And that's the power behind that. Why that purpose. Right. And I think we are having a, we're having a webinar with a body. And one of the things that, you know, we talked about on there is giving the new grads and giving the people at clinics uh, a deeper purpose. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it was something that I thought that was definitely needed more and more across all clinics because that's something that people resonate with, right? And a lot of when you have a purpose, when you really feel like you know the reason why you're doing something, you're, you're so connected to it. And it just on an emotional level, it's a lot more engaging in a way which again 
like you said, Apple, Amazon, all these, all these, uh, the big guys, big companies that have created these movements. That's what they've done so well, right? And what people feed off is people feed off the passion, right? Like right. you guys clearly, like you know, have gotten how much I love what I do, right? And there's no stopping what I'm going to do because I'm just I love it. I'm passionate about it. I, I always believe like passion doesn't go to sleep when you go to sleep. It's there. It's driving. It's growing. It's just and and when you have that passion and that vision people can see that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right it's not i'm just not going to a physiotherapist and this guy's just fixing my ankle or my knee like, this guy actually wants to get me better because he loves what he does right mm-hmm. he loves talking to me he wants to get to know me you know it it really m- my session matters because i can feed off of his energy and feed off of his passion for what he does and that never has to stop and it should never stop and i think why i'm so much why i still love to practice and why i still you know I would think have fairly good results with my clients is because I don't do it as much, mm-hmm. right? I cut some of my treatment hours down to about 20 hours a week, 24 hours a week. But because I, I don't do it as much, I'm not inundated by it day in and day out. I still love it. Mm-hmm. And I would never see myself not loving it. And what makes me a better clinician is what makes me a better business person. What makes me a better business person is also what makes me a better clinician. I get younger and younger clients coming in the door and they're telling me about all these new things. And I'm always intrigued and learning. Mm-hmm. what is the next best thing what are what are these young people into what can i what can my business do to help the next type of client or the next type of i'll get new staff that are young the next type of staff member that's coming in as well right so um passion is is huge and uh we really need to make sure that we spark that passion and that flame in our in our physiotherapists and you know every other type of healthcare practitioner there is and that we make sure that they never lose that right Mm -hmm. definitely and passion is massive like you said i sometimes you can hear it through people's voices as well and how they deliver the message like for example guys like gary v grant cardone just by listening to their books listening to how they interact on social medias you can really hear the passion and their obsession with what they're doing and that comes with a purpose as well and um on this podcast you've definitely shown us that uh, you're living with purpose, you're living with a passion, and you deliver it through your services at Foundation Physiotherapy as well. Yeah. <laughs> I can't really give a line to top that off, but no. <laughs> I think Slava summed it up pretty well there. <laughs> yeah, you got to live it, right? You have, you have to actually live it every day. You yeah. have to want it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, honestly, we could definitely talk. We could do a whole episode on just to start your why, I think, <laughs> a whole episode on that. But um, I just want to say that we're coming to the end of the podcast and, you know, we've had a really great talk as much as I want to continue. Um, you know, I think that this is a good good point for us to end it off and, um, and we'll definitely be speaking to you again. And uh, we just want to, again, thank you so much for uh, coming out on the podcast, but before we let you go, we just wanted to ask where uh, our listeners can find you on social media and get a glimpse into you and your growth mindset. So I've just been tr- kind of getting into this whole Instagram thing. 
and I'm trying to build my followers up. So come on, everybody start following me. Let me hit it. <laughs> I, I got to beat Maddie. I got to beat Maddie does physio. That's my goal. <laughs> I got to so beat on, unfollow yeah. Maddie and go and follow Raj. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfollow Maddie and follow me. Even if it's for a small, small grid of time. Yeah, you can find me on, uh, after. <laughs> on Instagram. It's uh, at rajsapaya.pt. That's Instagram, um, LinkedIn is I'm Raj Sapaya, and uh, Twitter as well. You can find me in all those on all those um, apps. But uh, definitely give me that Instagram follow. Uh, I'm trying to post a lot of a lot of cool stuff on on growth, on passion, on vision, and you know that's help, helpful for any budding clinic owner as well as physiotherapist. And and just to uh, confirm with the the listener, it's at R A J S U P P I A H dot pt yeah yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay All just right. so we don't get confused with the other raj suppliers out there <laughs> <laughs> don't follow them yeah, yeah. Don't, follow follow them. Don't, don't follow those other guys yeah <laughs> just this one <laughs> all right thank you so much again raj for coming out mm-hmm. yeah thank you so much and it's definitely been a pleasure having you on a podcast Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. It was was awesome doing this. Thank you. We'll speak with you soon. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the PTBC podcast. Hope you enjoyed the episode today. Please check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at our website, ptbusinesscorner.com. Feel free to send us a message on social media or email us at info at ptbusinesscorner.com. See you next time.